Hey, this is Adam Penapinto. I'm the pastor here at Hope Covenant Church, and I'm so glad that you're joining with us today. Whether this is your first time listening or you're a part of our Hope Covenant Church family, we would love to connect with you via social media on all social media outlets or on our website, hopecovenant.cc. I hope this word encourages, inspires, and challenges you in your daily walk with God as we dig deeper into his word. Let's jump right into today's message. Do you want to welcome those of you that are watching online? Perhaps you're listening to our podcast at some point in the week. Hope Covenant, would you put your hands together for our online viewers and listeners? Say it every week, and I'll say it again. If you're ever in the Charlotte area, I want to encourage you to stop by. We'll make you feel right at home. Won't we, Hope Covenant? I want to welcome the Holy Spirit. Um, I feel the Lord very strong this morning. Anybody feel the Lord? And I believe that you came. Nobody's here by accident. You came to hear from God, not me. And I want to ask the Lord to speak to us that we would be forever changed. We'd be forever provoked and encouraged and convicted and full of joy. I want to say this. I'm not perfect, but I'm on pursuit. I'm pursuing God. Anybody pursuing God right now? I'm hearing him constantly as I get into his presence, tell me of things that need to not be in my life. I hear him constantly telling me of things I've got to drop off. I'm hearing him tell me constantly in areas that I need to stretch myself. And I believe this word is going to do the same for you as we talk about pressing through impossible. If you are staring at an impossible situation, you're in the right place. You go, uh, is that meaning here in the church? No, if you're staring at an impossible situation, you personally are in the right moment. I'll say it like that. If what God has assigned you to do is not impossible, I want to encourage you to reevaluate because God likes to be needed. He doesn't have a need. He only has desires, but he loves when we have a need and look to him and need him to get to the next step. And if you're not in that place, you need to stretch yourself and perhaps your vision needs to be greater. Holy Spirit, we welcome you this morning. We ask you to speak to us as we look into your word. We know it's alive. We know it's active. And we put legs to our faith, meaning this is a verb. This is an action. We have a homework assignment. And so, Lord, we take your assignment seriously. We ask you to commission us and speak to us this morning. This already sounds serious. So, Father, we take it seriously. And I thank you, Lord, that this would instill hope at a moment where we're staring impossible right in the face. And I thank you, Lord, that you're a mountain mover, that you're a way maker, that you do things that we can't do. And that's why we love you. We love you because of who you are. Your very character and your very nature is mountain moving. And we thank you for that in the name of Jesus. If you believe that, shout amen. Amen. If you don't believe that, shout amen even louder. (laughs) I'm telling you, the Lord is here this morning, and he has a word for you. I believe the Lord has been stirring up even some prophetic things that he wants me to say. And we'll see if that gets individual or not. For now, it's corporate, meaning it's for every one of you. Let's look to Luke 1, and we're going to look at verse 37. This is the good news translation, and I'm going to read it out of the New Living. I often do this with different translations because there's revelation when you look at it different ways. And so I want to read this out of the good news version first. 
for there is nothing that God cannot do. Now, I could drop the mic and we can go eat lunch right there. Because if you're staring at an impossible situation, I need you to start declaring over the situation that you're staring at, there is nothing that God cannot do. In fact, let's declare this together for the class to hear out loud. One, two, three, for there is nothing that God cannot do. Thank you, choir. Now, out of the New Living Translation, I love this. It says, for the word of God will never fail. Let's read this together. For the word of God will never fail. Look at your neighbor and say, never. never. Now, put your New York on. Look at your neighbor. Say, never. never. The word of God will never fail. Never, ever, 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 ever. When you're staring at an impossible situation that's too big for you, he never fails. Here's the problem with our generation. Everybody put your seatbelt on real quick. Here's what we interpret that to say. We interpret that to say, I get it my way. The Burger King God, you can have it your way. How many of you know it doesn't work like that? You make a plan, but then he directs your steps. I thought I was making a left turn. What's up with the right turn here? The word of God will never fail. That's what went on there. See, when you thought your life was going to look like this, and then he did this, the issue is are you surrendered to what he says? We oftentimes sometimes think that when we feel nauseous or sick in the stomach, oh, that's not God. But what if God is doing some things that, and I'll tell you, he will. And if you haven't experienced it, get ready. You probably already have. But you're looking at something, you're going, no, 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 no. And he's going, yeah, 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 yeah. What is he doing? He's messing up your comfortable. Here's a prophetic word for every one of you. He's going to mess up your comfortable. He's going to fraternize with your comfort level. Oh, that's a good word. <laughs> Philippians 1 verse 6 out of the New Living. And I am certain that God who began a good work within you will continue his work. He's not done. He's just getting started. You go, well, I thought at my age, you know, I'd be here and I'm only here. I've told you before, you feel like you're going backwards, but a rubber band has to go backwards in order to launch something forward, right? So you just, you just gaining some momentum right there. And I am certain that God who began a good work within you will continue his good work until it's finished. And I'm going to stop right there. God's not finished with you. If you have a heart beating in your chest, he's not done. It's not over. You go, but it looks like this. Yeah, but God, let's go back to the first verse. There's nothing that God can't do. So why are you limiting him? We, we limit God. And then we go, well, God, how come this, 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 and this? He goes, I didn't limit me. You did. Oh, snap. I'm going to get myself in trouble. Hudson Taylor, a missionary from the 1800s, said this about God doing the impossible in our lives. I feel the Lord right now. He said, there's three different stages to every great work of God. First, it's the impossible. Many of you are there right now. Then it's the difficult. Many of you are there right now. 
but then it's done. Can I read that again? There's three stages to every work, great work of God. First, it's impossible. Then it's difficult, and then it's done. Could you imagine if we looked at every assignment and situation that God put us in the middle of, and instead of fearing, because remember, A.W. Tozer, a scared world needs a fearless church. We just went, you know, God, I don't know what you're doing. I mean, when you spoke it to me, I thought maybe you were smoking something. I'll be honest with you right there. You go, can I say that to God? I mean, be real. I don't even know what's going on right now. I, I didn't, I, I'm, I, I've told you this story before. Liz and I, back in 2008, got a prophetic word. And the guy said, youth ministry, youth ministry, youth ministry. I see God shifting your season. I said, I'm a worship leader. I looked at the guy prophesying over me. I went, I don't bear witness with that word. We try to get all spiritual. I don't feel that. And God doesn't care what you feel. In fact, he's trying to get you to get over your feelings. We can't be led by our feelings. Like, follow your heart. Why would you follow the thing the Bible says is desperately wicked? That's the dumbest advice I've ever heard in my life. So stupid. So dumb. There's three stages. It's impossible that it's difficult and that it's done. Scripture says that that settles it. What are you arguing with him about? You know, when you argue with God, you delay your season. When you complain, you end up in the wilderness. We're going there. You end up, oh, I'm going through a dry season. Well, of course you are. You can't stop whining. And none of us enjoy you, so why do you keep going? You know, whatever. You elbow the person next to you. They elbow you right back even harder. Some of you going to leave here black and blue today. I'm sorry. <laughs> if you remember, the Israelites had been set free from Egypt, and they ran out of food. And here's, here's what they say. And I love this. And this is, the, this is the faithfulness of God. So if that convicted you, good. But check this out about complaining. If the Israelites, they say this. If only the Lord had killed us back in Egypt, they moaned, it says in this, in this translation, the New Living. There we sat around pots filled with meat. In other words, when they were in Egypt, they had all the food and the bread they wanted. They were, you know, they were sitting there at the melting pot. <laughs> I'm just going with that, whatever. But now you've brought us into the wilderness to starve us to death. And then check out the Lord's response. Did he flick him in the ear and said, stop moaning? No, here's what he did. He said, then the Lord said to Moses, look, I'm going to rain down fruit from heaven for you. And each day the people can go out and pick as much food as they need for that day. And I will test them in this to see whether or not they will follow my instructions. Can I tell you something? You came here this morning for an encouraging word. The Lord is testing you to see if he's going to follow, if you're going to follow his instructions. And he's watching. He's watching your pocketbooks. Are you trying to store because you're worried about what you're going to have tomorrow? Because what happened was if they would store more food than what they needed for that day, it would spoil. And it did not please the Lord. They had to rely every day on the Lord to provide. They had to walk by faith and not by what they saw or when their stomachs got hungry. But the Lord filled them exactly to their hunger level for that day. I want to give you a spiritual word of knowledge. The Lord will fill you at your hunger level and look at this spiritually for this day. 
How hungry are you for God? Is this on? You say, are you angry? No, I'm passionate. I'm passionate because the Lord has been saying this to me. How hungry are you? How much are you anticipating me? Are you praying in the spirit on your way to church on Sunday morning? What are you doing? Are you arguing with your spouse on the way to church on Sunday morning? Are you preparing yourself? Are you waking up in the morning and pressing in with God? Or do you just start moaning? But the beauty of the Lord, I love this about God's character, that when they were moaning, he goes, I'll still provide, even though you're stupid. He didn't say that. I'm, I'm paraphrasing. Aren't you glad? I mean, sheep are stupid. That's why they need a shepherd. They smell. They're nasty. But they're precious and they're timid. And I, I, I want to encourage you with this because I believe this is a word for some of you. If you're worried about what you did that can keep you from the promise, just repent, make it right. That can't keep you from the promise. He'll still provide. He's still that good. So what they're saying is, God, did you bring us this far to die? And I feel like some of you are there right now. You're going, God, you gave me a vision. I tried following it. I'm a little discouraged. Did you bring me this far so I can die? Why didn't you just whack me like a year ago? What's up with that? And I want to encourage you. God's got you. He sees you. Go back to that first verse. There's nothing he can't do. Nothing. He's God. But I do want to ask you this question, and this is a question God said to me so clearly. I thought it was just for me. And the Lord said, no, it's for the church. And I went, oh, I don't want to say that to the church. But how many of you know you don't argue with God? What in you, this is my question for you, what in you needs to die? Because, see, he didn't let them die. But what in you needs to die so you could be spiritually ready for the season that God is going to place you in or the season that he's destined for you? What is it that's in your Jeep that you need to throw out can't go with you here? What is it that you're carrying in your life? What is it that you're watching on TV that you shouldn't be watching? What is it that you're speaking out of your mouth that you shouldn't be speaking? What is it that you are spending your time doing that you shouldn't be spending your time doing? What is it that you're pursuing that you shouldn't be pursuing? Are you arguing with God? Are you filling God's mouth with words and saying, thus saith the Lord, and he never said it? I've been there. Just trying to sound so spiritual. Well, God told me. You know what? Before you say that, you better make sure God told you. Because you're going to look at him face to face one day and he's going to go, I never told you that. Stop making stuff up. I never told you that. It was so hard. Well, you made it hard when you said I said it, but I never said it. Is anybody convicted? Because I know I am. Paul said this regarding endurance. You need this. You need this. Endurance. Pastor Jay right now, riding through these mountains uphill fighting for unborn lives and it's hard his muscles they hurt guys your spiritual muscles are gonna hurt in moments where God is stretching you I told you I think it was Easter Sunday that at the center of the cross you've got your will no I'm sorry your will and his will it's the center of the cross and somebody has to die and it's going to be my will. I could tell you right now, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. 
But Paul said this regarding endurance in Hebrews 10, verses 35 to 36. So do not throw away this confident trust in the Lord. And I want to pause right there. Are you confidently trusting in the Lord? Yo, I'm trusting. No, are you confidently trusting in the Lord? It doesn't say trust him. It says be confident in your trust of the Lord. Are you confidently trusting in the Lord? Remember the great reward it brings you. So let me, let me just go ahead and, and say this. What that tells me right there is that when I am confident in trusting the Lord, there is a great reward for my confidence in the Lord before I see it. Before I see it. I believe this church is going to explode. I believe God wants to do things, not because of us, but because he, this is his house. And there's moments where I look at it in the natural and I go, ah, I'm God, I don't know. But, but scripture says, no, you know, before you see it, you know, if I told you to do it, if I assigned it, if what the Lord told you to do is truly the Lord, it will work out. If it falls apart, perhaps you need to reassess and say, is this you? Or perhaps you need to confidently stand in a moment where you're not sure. Because when all else fails, what do we do? We stand. When you don't know what to do, you go back to the last word God spoke to you. And you don't move until you hear otherwise. I said it last week when we were talking about his promises. I gave you seven promises. And a command is not an option. When an officer in the army or the air force or the military gives you a command, it's yes, sir. We've got to get in the habit of when God speaks, it's yes, sir. Because delayed obedience is disobedience. I'm making somebody uncomfortable this morning. That's all right. But then he goes in verse 36 and he says, patient endurance is what you need now. That's a prophetic word for every one of us. Patient endurance is what you need now. Not tomorrow. Not the next day. It's what you need right now. Be patient. It's the fruit of the spirit. Patient endurance is what you need now so that you will continue to do God's will. What that tells me is when I'm impatient, I might miss God's will. There's revelation in that. Read it like that. I am not the most patient individual in the world. All the people that knew me said amen. Amen. (laughs) I hate everyone. No, I love you. I love you. I'm joking. I'm joking. Like, we're going to have fun here. There are people that didn't know me that said amen, by the way. I just want to point that out. I forgive every one of you. Jesus, patient endurance. Patient endurance is what you need now so that you will continue to do God's will. And then after that, you receive what he promised. I wonder if he's not testing our patience in this moment to see how faithful we are. I got real quiet in this Holy Ghost church. I wonder what God is up to right now, looking and going, I love where you're at right now. I love what's happening. Well, I don't like this season. Do you know that some of the seasons that I've liked the least are the seasons that later I look at and I go, those were the best seasons ever. But they did not feel good. I didn't like them in the moment, but I see now how it stretched my character. I see now what God did in my life, and I go, that was terrible. I didn't like it, but now I love it because I see what God did in my heart. 
but they don't feel good in those moments where God does that deep surgery. When that surgical knife of the Lord starts dealing with my will, starts cutting things that attached itself to me that he doesn't want attached to me anymore, that I can't bring, those things need to die in order for me to get to the next season. And he watches your faithfulness and your endurance and your faith and your trust in him when you're like, holy moly, I don't know what to do. He goes, perfect. This is my moment where you can cling to me and watch me show up and show off and do what you couldn't and do what you shouldn't. God needs to do it. I want God to do things that are so big that they go, we know Adam, that didn't happen because of him. It was the Lord. That's what I want. How many of you want that? I mean, you're going to claim that? You can claim it right now. That's mine. I want that. I'll take that. Thank you. Ephesians 6.14, stand your ground. I could end the verse right there. Stand your ground. This is actually talking, this is in the middle of talking about putting on the full armor of God. Ephesians 6.14 in the New Living, stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth. Standing your ground, the truth of God. Stand your ground, put on the belt, putting on the belt of truth and the armor of God's righteousness. Man, when you're all messed up and confused and like, I don't know the direction of this. I just know God's doing something. So I'm just going to they that wait on the Lord. That's where there's renewal of your strength. That's right. it says that in Isaiah. Yep. It's a good verse. You should cash in on that one too. And it's righteous. Hebrews eleven six, And it is impossible to please God without faith. It's impossible to please God without trusting and having faith in things that you don't see. I love when God starts to move. The true creativity is birthed in God's presence. True, awesome creativity, which is why we are putting out like the fifth version of every movie right now because there's a lack of creativity because we are not confidently faithing in God right now. Our nation needs to be brought to this place. And I wonder if that's not what's going on. When I look at the government and I look at the things that I see on the news every single day, I wonder if he isn't, I'm just trying to bring my church back to a place where they please me because they're faithing and trusting in me and they need me again. Can I tell you, I know confidently that's what he's doing. I I know that's what he's doing right now. I feel it every day. Personally, I feel it. I hope you're feeling it. It's impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards you when you seek him with diligence, when you sincerely seek him. This isn't a chore. This isn't a have to. I get to. How many of you can say right now you feel the squeeze in your life? Lift your hand like you just, I mean, like, like it's the last time you could ever respond to anything. See, I knew this. I knew this coming in. How many of you feel the financial squeeze? Show of hands. Cool. Great time to tithe. I'm not setting you up. Well, actually, I am. I'm setting you up to succeed. I take that back. That wasn't honest. I am setting you up. But not setting you up because I want you to give to this church. Not setting you up because I have an agenda for your life other than I want to see you flourish in the testing. Three things, stand your ground, be in faith, 
Because with God, you will press through the impossible. But that takes a dying. I've heard people say before that when you're in a season you don't understand, that's not the Lord. I don't believe that. I don't believe that. I believe that when you're in a season that you don't understand, you need the Lord. And I believe that that many times is a place that he brings us to reset a season, to reset a moment, to reset our focus and our perspective. He makes us uncomfortable. At this church, we say this, that we're here to comfort the afflicted, but I'm also here to afflict the comfortable. I want to turn up the heat just a little bit, turn the flame up just a little bit. If you are uncomfortable, like, my God, I'm chafing. What's going on here right now? God is got, he's got, he's got you. He's got a message for you. This is a good moment. It's a test of the emergency. I'm watching. I'm watching. Are they storing up too much? Are they sitting here on Sunday and not giving because they're afraid if they do, they won't have? No, we don't want that. It's going to spoil. Don't do that. Impossible situations. I'm going to say this line right here. Impossible situations are simply opportunities to demonstrate God's supernatural ability to do anything. Can we read that together like we really mean it? Impossible situations are simply opportunities to demonstrate God's supernatural ability to do anything. Oh, that's a good word. Can we give God a shout of praise right there? Impossible situations. Look like this. You think you're running a boutique and God says, serve ice cream. Might have happened to somebody in this room. I'm not a restaurant. Serve ice cream. Possible situations might look like this. You're assigned to be a youth pastor, but I'm a worship leader. I end up serving a youth ministry, finding some of the greatest relationships ever in life. And then six months after, God makes me the worship pastor of that church. I didn't know he was going to do that. I was freaked out. I felt like I laid everything down at the altar, and I did. I want you to know this today. Everybody look this way. I want you to know this today. If you are staring at something that doesn't make sense, God has you in a moment where he could show up and show off and do what you can't, and that's a great place. Stop freaking out because God will do the impossible. You have got to address a spirit of fear that looks at an impossible situation and freaks out and start being confident and trusting the Lord that I will come through. He's never early, but he's never late. We hate that. I know we hate that. I know we, I hate it. If I'm being real, I can act spiritual. I hate it. I love the provision of God. And when I see the bank account and go, yeah, yeah, now we're talking. But God has used the moments where it was like negative 500. And I'm watching the overdraft hit my savings and I'm going. Uh-uh. But he, I'm telling you, he does things that blow our minds, blow our minds. And you have the ability to test God in this area because when you sow, you will reap. This isn't a message about money today. It's a message about the character of God. And I feel the Lord so strong this morning. Some of you came in here so broken and so messed up, so full of needs. 
And God just desires one thing, that you press into him to watch him show up and show off in your life and go, there you go. It was that simple. If you're freaking out this morning, you're looking at an impossible situation, you're going, God, where are you? I want you to stand to your feet. You go, now? Yeah, now. And there's something about it. There's something about obedience and responding to God. It just goes, baby, thank you for responding. Thank you for surrendering. Now, there it is. I see I had you covered the whole time. Why were we freaking out when we should have been getting intimate with the Lord the whole time? You go, hey, big baby, why are you crying? I'm crying for this reason. I've seen the faithfulness of God. I've seen how amazing he is when I was moaning and complaining and I've seen his provision because he's faithful and he's good. You go, when am I going to experience his goodness? Pastor, I love this message. Woo! That's so awesome. When am I going to see it? Press into God and ask him. Knock on the door as it says in Matthew. He's going to answer the door. He's not overlooked you this morning. Not overlooked you this morning. He loves you. He loves you. Come on, lift your hands up to him. And just say, God. I'm here. I'm broken. I need you this morning. Come on, cry out to him. This is between you and God this morning. Forget about the fact that there's somebody next to you. Get desperate for him this morning. God, I need you. God, I love you. I love you. Now say this with me out loud together. Say, Jesus, I thank you ahead of time for what you've already provided. I declare right now, fear go. I thank you right now that you've got me. I thank you, Lord, for the clients. I thank you, Lord, for the business. I thank you, God, for the promotion. And I declare right now that as I press into you, it's there in Jesus' name. Come on, give God a shout of praise. There's another couple things. There's another couple things. I thank you for the healing. I thank you for the, come on, lift up your voices. I thank you for the healing. I thank you for the emotional healing. Can we just lift up our voices? I want one minute of us just lifting up our voices and crying out to God. Let him hear you. Let him hear you this morning. Let him hear you this morning. Let him hear you this morning. Oh, he's here. Come on, your lips are moving, but your ears can't hear your mouth making some noise. Make some noise this morning. He's here. Yeah. Wow. 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 Father, we thank you for your word and for your goodness. Lord, we thank you so much for your presence. We're overwhelmed by your goodness and your kindness and your faithfulness. Lord, we thank you that you're commissioning us and positioning us and that when we stare at impossible, it's just confirmation that you're just that good. And we want to be in that place. So God, we invite you to put us into the difficult seasons. That's a dangerous prayer. But we invite you to do with us what you want to do. In Jesus' name, if you believe that, would just shout amen. You're dismissed. I love you guys. I'll see you next week. Come, we're going to talk about the compassion of the Lord. I felt the Lord this morning. He's so good. Thank you, guys. Love you. 
If you enjoyed today's message, I want to encourage you to like it and share it on social media or jump onto our website, hopecovenant.cc and click on our giving link and help us continue to share the message of Jesus across the world. God bless you and have an awesome week.